Megan Fun of Sports is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. And welcome to a brand new episode of Megan Fun of Sports. I am Megan Gailey, joined by Megan Connolly. I almost called you your wrestling name. Um, Megan Moran. It is very confusing. Well, because it's just been such a wrestling-centric time in the world. WrestleMania just wrapped up in Los Angeles. It It was all over my timeline. I was at a kid's birthday party yesterday and my friend had been there the night before. So we were talking about it and he said he had cried tears of joy. Um, Megan, you are on the road. You said you worked till 3 a.m. the last two nights. How are you feeling? Oh, I am great. I thought I'm not in L.A., unfortunately. I did not get to go to WrestleMania Goes Hollywood, but I was in Stamford, Connecticut, hosting um, WWE's The Bump post-show. We had all of the reactions. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic show. Two days did not disappoint. SoFi Stadium was absolutely rocking. Some major surprises. Uh, last night, Snoop Dogg sort of sort of stole the show. Um, mm-hmm. So good for Snoop. The and George Kittle appearance was very fun. Yes, George and our Kittle, very, we loved it. Our very own Cousin Sal was like, I mean, sitting in the ring, basically. Yes, um, I had a Sal tally how many times I saw Sal on camera. His son definitely beat him by a mile. Um, well, Harrison he's much cuter. Up and down. Harrison Way is cuter. very photogenic. Um, he's got braces. He's a fan. I mean, I think that's absolute fodder for you got to get him on the big screen as much as possible. I was waiting for Logan Paul to, you know, jump on top of Kiss Sal. Sal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But um. It was a fantastic weekend for all wrestling fans. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, go do a wrestling show because I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Megan went to one and now she's obsessed with Paul Heyman. I I think he is the greatest character of our time. And I want to see him on Broadway playing Death of a Salesman. (laughs) He is, (laughs) I just am like, he's transcendent. Um, Okay, so yeah, so you're in Connecticut for it. That's making me, I like that it was called WrestleMania, WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. Yes. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. So you're sort of doing WrestleMania goes preppy um, in in Connecticut. (laughs) WrestleMania goes boat shoes. (laughs) WrestleMania goes vineyard vines, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm, Berries mm -hmm. and vineyard vines um, Mm -hmm. and lacrosse. So from one extreme WrestleMania to the other, the Masters is this upcoming week. Tiger is already there practicing and... The, the thing about Tiger, win or lose, it's so much fun. Like, I know that I'll be watching. And if Tiger wasn't a part of it, I got to be honest, I probably wouldn't. Like, I'd be keeping up. Even with, like, after with the... watching Full Swing, you're 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 still not into it? Um, well, I'm not fully through Full Swing. Uh, one thing that does interest me is how the live golfers are going to compare now that they're just a part of an entirely different tour and, and the days are shorter there. So I guess I'm interested to see if they still have it. Um, and I would be checking in, but with Tiger in it, I hope he makes the cut because then, then we're getting into Saturday, Sunday, and then, then my momentum is 
really ramped up and it's Easter. So like Mm -hmm. Master Sunday is going to be falling on Easter. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It depends when Jesus is resurrected and he dies the same. No, he is born the same day every year, which is Christmas, but he dies a different day every year. Very confusing. I have not figured it out. You know, I'm confirmed went to, you know, Catholic church pretty much my whole life. And I, and I I still don't get it, but no, but uh, he he's resurrected. He's, is he, he's dead already? No, he dies Friday. And then he he, he rises three days later. He rolled away the stone, see the glory of God. And so he will, I, I like to think that Jesus is, it's not a zombie because he does fully come back to life that Jesus's resurrected body likes Easter's when it comes on the masters. Like he's like, yeah, it's now I get to watch my dudes. Totally. Jesus definitely is putting on the green jacket. Um, I think he'd be very into pimento cheese sandwiches. Uh, Something just really tells me that Augusta would speak to Jesus. I am um, a little bit on the opposite side of you. Listen, I love Tiger Woods. I love the Tiger Watch. I love the Tiger Cam. The fact that he's already at Augusta practicing, I'm like, all right, dude, stop being such a try hard. You're probably not going to make the cut. The Tiger days to me are over. We had the perfect storybook ending when he won the Masters not too long ago. I think it was five years ago now. Um, And now, obviously, he had the car accident where he almost died. He's come back. He's played in tournaments. It hasn't really been the same. I have no doubt that Tiger will get another major win at some point. But I'm not ready for it yet. I would like... I want this to be the Rory show. I want mm. more Rory McIlroy. As Sal and I discussed on Laugh Lines, Sal didn't realize this. Rory is hot and Rory yeah. is also jacked. Yeah. Let's see and more of Rory, I, less of Tiger. I love an Irish accent. Rory is also from Norn Iron. Um, that mm. is North, Northern Ireland. Belfast. That is my dad's people. I lived in Belfast. So like a Norn Iron Oh, that, that really, there's, we used to say, I lived in Belfast for a little bit, that everyone there walked with a limp because they had just gotten in a fight. Like there's a certain like edge to it. Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. This actually, this really leads me into my moron of the week very nicely. Speaking of having a little edge to you. So I've got a little something to say to these haters of the women's college basketball tournament. And I'm going to specifically call out Dave Portnoy, who I hate and disagree with on every single thing, even his one bite pizza reviews and Keith Olbermann who are coming for Angel Reese and the trash talking she did in light of all of the trash talking that we loved Caitlin Clark doing. Now here at Megan Fun of Sports, we are pro trash talking. We think it is good for the game. It is fun. It is victimless. Do you think Caitlin Clark cares that Angel Reese did the You can't see me. No, if anything, she is putting fuel in her fire. These two young ladies are single-handedly going to elevate women's basketball and the WNBA to a whole new stratosphere just from the eyeballs that they got on the game. Now, I want to read something Keith Olbermann said because he called her an effing idiot and he did not use the effing, but I am. I am using effing out of respect for our uh fairy godfather well not fairy just godfather Peyton Manning and then and then he came back later and said I apologize for being uninformed last night about the backstory on this I don't follow hoops college or pro men or women 
then why are you weighing in? Why do you have an opinion about something that's happening in a sport you don't care about? Because Megan and I do watch it and we loved what Caitlin Clark did. And because of that, we also loved what Angel Reese did. I have said this before, I think as recent as last week. I love sports hate. This is what we live for. We live for rivalries. And the fact this happened and the fact that it was all over my Twitter timeline, the fact that it was all over SportsCenter is massive for the women's game. The fact that the ratings for this outrated any regular season NBA game just shows you how far along the game has come. We love conflict as a society. We love stories as a society. And never in the women's game were we able to really get that except for UConn's dominance. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Brittany Griner back when she was playing. But we haven't been able to see this raw competitiveness, these girls going at it. And for some reason, it sort of shied away when it comes to the women's game. But for, you know, for the... For the men's game, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NHL, whether it's Major League Baseball, any professional sport for the men's game, we are okay with this. I say hats off to all of the women. Hats off to Angel Reese. I love throwing it back in Caitlin Clark's face. This is fun. Obviously, it's not personal. The fact that Classless was trending on Twitter, I'm like, guys, can we relax? This is what sports are all about. Like, throwing it in somebody's face because this is what happens you say something or you do something when you're on top and eventually you're not on top and Caitlin Clark listen she is still on top but her team and her they weren't on top um in the national championship game and LSU threw it back in their face a little and I love that Fun. I, I saw a great point being made on Twitter, which, you know, you don't usually hear me say that it was that's the whole thing about trash talking is the the fear, the chance that it could blow up in your face. If if you trash talk and there's no, no repercussions for it, then it's not any fun. So Caitlin Clark gave it to some people and then Angel Reese gave it back to her. And that is the cycle. These girls, oh, I'm uh, young women. I am. I just am so excited for the future of the game. Exactly. I think um, this national championship game is one that we will look back from now. We will look back 10 years from now and say that was when women's basketball arrived. I mean, Mm -hmm. you couldn't have scripted it any better. You have Kim Mulkey, who is queen trash talker. Even the way she dresses is trash talking in a way. And you have Caitlin Clark, who... Everybody in America loved throughout the season. She was so fun to watch. I love this story. Hats off to the women. Congratulations to LSU. Congratulations to Kim Mulkey. Congratulations to Caitlin Clark. Congratulations to Angel Reese. You guys won. All of you won. I know only one team is hoisting the trophy, but in my mind, you're all winners. Um, Okay, give us your moron this week. My moron of the week is Anthony Rendon from your Los Angeles Angels. I know you're a Dodgers fan, but I think you easily could convert to an Angels fan because you love Otani, you love Anaheim, you love Paul's Cocktail Club. (laughs) So I could easily see you turning on the Dodgers and becoming an Angels fan. You know, you do. Anaheim has a lot for me. That's true. That's true. It does. So I know that you're thinking about becoming an Angels fan. Um, (laughs) This might shy you away from becoming an Angels fan because Anthony. Anthony Rendon um, 
had a verbal altercation with a fan, looked like he was about to punch him in the face. And um, it was an Oakland fan. The Mm -hmm. Oakland fan allegedly called Rendon a bitch. The video surfaced on the Internet. You can hear Rendon saying, um, MFR, did Mm -hmm. you just call me a little and mm-hmm. then he he goes to have an altercation. He obviously does not make contact with him um, and then walks off cursing and saying F-bombs. Listen, Rendon, this is a, a, a like a bleacher creature, right? Anybody mm-hmm. who is sitting at, in the bleachers at a game, they are having their time. They're having their dogs. They're having their beers. It's it's opening week of Major League Baseball. Don't let these guys get to you, okay? You are making a lot more money than them. Um, and just can we just relax for a second? It is uh it it's April right now. April um 3rd. baseball <laughs> just started. So I think we just need to cool it just for a second. I love the passion, but this week you get my moron of the week. And you know what? You're actually pushing me into the arms of the angels because now hearing your take on this, I go, oh no, I liked it. <laughs> I also realized that we just said, like, I love sports, hate, I love conflict. And then I'm like, Red Jones, too much. This is where I draw the line. Yes. Yes. Especially to like a loser in the stands. It's like, I I think, I think these uh, spectators got to know if you're coming for these athletes, they're going to come right back at you. So I think athletes like leave the spectators out of it. Leave the spectators out of it. This is our job as fans is to trash talk. Okay. Now, players Eddie, trash talking your- to each other, that's fine. Say it. Like, I, I like that. I condone it. But, like, when the athlete, you know, goes to a normal person and, and gets in their face about it, please stop. I just have to stand in front of um, sometimes five people to crowds of people. I didn't want to lead with crowds of people because sometimes <laughs> it's a very small number of people. So I go from a few people up to, and I do have to fight with people. Like, Megan, these people, they're animals. You gotta, like, sometimes you gotta come back at them. These these hecklers, these men putting their feet on the stage. I go, get your feet off the stage. Do they have shoes on? Yeah. Um. I mean, sometimes they're in Burks, just stinky old Burks with their feet on the stage. Okay, yep. Eddie, give us your moron. Sure. So I'm going to stick with baseball. I'm going to start off with um, Bryce Harper and I guess people who agree, players who agree with Bryce Harper because of his comments. Um, I believe it was the ESPN broadcast of, a few days ago. He said that uh, they want to switch back the game to like the player's game, meaning that he's anti-pitch clock. To me... You know, after seeing, you know, this opening weekend of baseball, having the Yankees play like two hour, 20 minute games like that is beautiful. This is the way to get the casual fans back into baseball, which is a like an ultra regional sport. Um, And it's just like I don't I don't know what the benefit is for Bryce Harper and the other players that agree with him. Like, do you enjoy these four or five hour games like the games? The length is going from like what an NFL overtime game length is to now almost what uh, a hockey or a a regulation basketball game is. And that's just going to make baseball so much better on top of all the other changes with the shift and the, and the, and the, uh, the stolen, the, the the bigger base, which is increasing Mm -hmm. stolen bases. It's just been a great opening weekend for baseball. So Bryce crushing the pitch clock, which is making the game so much better is just so bizarre. And uh, again, Bryce, like, I I don't want to hate on you. You are a guy that was hyped up from early years and you, and you lived up to your expectations. So good on you, but this is a good thing for your sport. You are one of the phases of baseball. You should want the pitch clock. Um, this is mainly affects the pitchers too, not even the batters, which again is really crazy that he's even saying this. 
But um, yeah, that's that's a total moronic statement. And the pitch clock is one of the best things that baseball has done in generations. So uh, I'm a huge yes. fan of it. Yes. Yeah, uh, we love the pitch clock here. We are very pro pitch clock. Pro pitch clock, pro trash talking. He's also one of the only players I've heard say anything negative out about it. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the fact that he's Mormon and there's just nothing he can mm-hmm. do in life. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's like, yeah, I need games to be four hours because I can't even have a soda pop. So this is how this is how I live through the joy. And everyone else is like, yeah, dog. But like when we finish, we're able to go have wine, sex. X, um, caffeine, Taco Bell. Like there's I a did lot not of realize that he was Mormon. And honestly, thinking of what he looks right like, um, I just wouldn't have expected it. I don't know, maybe that's like passing judgment upon somebody, but he looks very edgy. I feel like Bryce Harper strikes me as a good time, and now I learned that he's Mormon. Maybe not as fun. I definitely double checked because I was like, wait, and then I pulled up his wedding and it is in front of one of those like, you know, when you see those Mormon churches from afar and you go, oh, that's pretty. Oh, <laughs> it, it, it like quickly goes from like, oh, that looks like they do bad things there. OK, um, Megan, give us your mensch this week. Um, well, my mention of the week is Angel Reese and women's basketball. We already went Amazing. on a little soliloquy about that. Um, <laughs> but I just have to tip my hat to all of the women. Um, Kim Mulkey, we talked about her fashion statements. I'm really glad that she delivered on the grandest stage. Um, I think maybe for Halloween this year, I might go as Kim Mulkey. I have the haircut already. That's a great easily, idea. Yeah, I think I think this is this is going to be um, in the conversation for Halloween costumes. She was dressed like a sequin tiger, and you said yes. she was going to do a nod to a school, but she did sort of like a wink because it was like we were expecting purple and gold, and she came dressed like a tiger. <laughs> so she was like, like, "Listen, I am the mascot of this school. We Tony the Tiger. We don't need you." Or what? What is their tiger's name at LSU? Is it Tony? I just uh but it, maybe I, I it's forget- Tony but spelled with like a A U E X Tonar. Yeah, something like that. Um Kim Mulkey, again, she we've we've had her as our moron of the week. I've I've made a total turn on Kim Mulkey. I just love her because she is um unapologetically herself all the time. And while I may not agree with everything that she says and does, I love that she's just her. So Kim Mulkey, thank you for giving us a show. Congrats to the LSU Lady Tigers. No, I think they dropped Lady or was that Baylor? Well, they're tigers. Um, okay, so my mensch this week is the new NBA weed policy. No, that's not what they called it. Um, they're saying that they are going to stop testing their players for marijuana. And I say kudos. I think this is going to make the world just a lot more fun. Now, obviously, I don't think guys are taking edibles and then checking into the game. But I think that it would be fun, though. Let's do that for the All-Star game. Why not? Oh, yeah, because sometimes I see comedians do it where it's like, uh oh, I think they did not time that out properly. Um, so I just think NBA players were smoking weed and were, uh, you know, dabbling. It's legal in multiple of the states where there are NBA teams. I mean, California has four teams and we know it's legal here. The nug- So it's it's already legal. It's not an illegal substance for a lot of these guys anyway. So I'm just glad that they're taking it away and it's going to make me feel better when I'm high watching an NBA game now. Cause I'm going to go, I'm just like, I'm just like you. I'm just like Grayson Allen. Um, exactly. Grayson Allen probably, like 
he could use a little more weed in his life. You know, some of the, I'm like, maybe you could take the edge off a little bit. I think, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I also just looked up, it is Mike the Tiger. And shame on me for not knowing that because I definitely should. I'm blaming WrestleMania. I have WrestleMania brain right now. I've been up too late. I literally just woke up and it's two o'clock Eastern Mike, time and we are doing this show. Mike does not seem like a Louisiana specific name to me. So I think you should take no blame for that. Okay, Eddie, give us your mensch this week. I'm going to stick with the uh, the WrestleMania fan that uh, Megan just mentioned. Uh, I have to give it to Snoop Dogg. And uh, Megan, I'm sure you know where I'm going to get into with this. But I didn't even know when I was watching. And I'm a casual fan. I'll watch the bigger events. Um, I like to keep my eye on it. But when when Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon comes out, huge pop. Very awesome. For those who don't know, the listeners don't really know what Shane's gimmick is. He's just like a billionaire. Obviously, the son of Vince McMahon, the owner, um, or I guess maybe former owner now. But he would just like drop. He would just jump off humongous, uh, like p- pieces of of equipment, like two hundred feet, and just to, just to not care about his body whatsoever, which is awesome. He comes out. He's like uh, about to do a match with the Miz, who was co-hosting the event live in in SoFi with Snoop Dogg, and just like tears his quad in the middle <laughs> of this match. Just it pops off the bone. Oh, he drops out. He can't move. So then they go, "What do you do?" And this is live, obviously. So what do you have to do to react to it? Snoop comes in, saves the day, does his uh, fake. Uh, he hits the people's of, shoulder. The, 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 the people's elbows slash shoulder. And uh, and he he beats up the Miz. And uh, this guy, I mean, goes from being, you know, a rapper from over here in Southern California to like in every ad and now co-hosting WrestleMania. And he saves the day when Shane O'Mac gets hurt. Awesome job by you, Snoop. <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize it in the moment, but everyone loved it. It paid off. Great job thinking on the fly. And uh, and also to, to Shane on Mac, hope you, you heal up soon because it was fun to see you for a bit. And you know I what loved to- when his music hit. I mean, I don't care what age you are. If you have interacted with wrestling and you know who Shane O'Mac is and that song, here comes the money hit. You are up on your feet. And that's exactly what happened. But Snoop stole this moment, stole the show. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. And to people that sing weed dolls your brain. This no one smokes more weed than Snoop, and he's able to think on the fly. So that is I, actually my dream job to one day be Snoop Dogg's um, joint roller because wow. apparently he travels with the joint roller. I'm the sure. guy probably makes a decent living. Um, I think I, I have to get much better at, at rolling joints. Yeah, I'm not very I, good at it, but I don't um, know if that's a job that's my whole going life to work. Yeah, you are a very thin white woman. And so that would really be, it, it would go full circle. We've really reached equality then. Um, I have met Snoop Dogg. And yes, we shared a moment together. Uh, he told me I was very funny. We cheers to solo cups. I wrote some patter for him, which is like the what they do at award shows. I wrote mm-hmm. his patter for the ESPYs one year and he showed up very late. <laughs> <laughs> in a cloud of weed with his own solo cup in a private venue. And I said, this this man is an American treasure. Um, okay, on that note, let's take a quick break and then we will be back with some more college basketball. Caesar Sportsbook. It's not just an app. It's a whole empire. Iconic casinos, hotels, world-class restaurants. It's all yours with Caesars Rewards because every bet you place, whether you win or lose, earns rewards credits, which you can redeem for hotel stays at over 50 destinations. Meals, tickets, merch, bonuses, 
bonuses, and more. Get started today. Create an account with promo code OMAHAFULL. That's O-M-A-H-A-F-U-L-L. Must be 21 plus, 19 plus in Ontario. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states were prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, or in Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. In Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, I feel like we've really highlighted all of the amazing things that came out of the women's game. That Yes, that I do Iowa- want to hit one thing. I, yeah. I, I've never felt smarter as a gambler than mm-hmm. I did yesterday because I had been monitoring the line movement for Caitlin Clark and her Mm -hmm. over under on total points. Obviously it is hard to bet against this girl because like Snoop Dogg, she also is an American hero after her performance in the NCAA women's tournament, um, putting on a show every night. Now her over under total for points opened at 28 and a half. When I looked at it before tip off yesterday, it was 33 and a half. And I said, Megan, we got to go the under logic tells us to go the under the under hit. And it was one of those moments where I said, 
I'm smarter than Vegas. So I am sitting at that um, that peak right now, uh, mm-hmm. and it can only get worse from here. So just would like to let you all know, um, had a great gambling weekend, betting the under on Caitlin Clark yesterday. Okay, so a hater amongst us. Um, the Friday night South Carolina Iowa game, Iowa game, I was at a show and I was like checking my phone constantly. Like, uh, and I don't know a time where I've ever done that for a women's college basketball game. I I think the tournament was just and and I, we're now we're now beating um Mike Mike the dead tiger. He's not dead. It's usually dead horse. I'm so sorry. Okay. So back to what I think has been the less entertaining tournament, the men's tournament. Uh we now have the national championship set San Diego State and Yukon. The the San Diego State FAU game really has the potential for being an all-time classic. It um FAU was leading by 14 points in the second half, and San Diego State was able to crawl back and have one of the most stressful buzzer beaters. They they got a defensive rebound, take it up the court. They had a timeout, didn't use it because as the coach said, he ran out of place and, and gave it to a guy. He almost stepped out of bounds. I mean, he's like a centimeter away, gets the ball off with like 0.6 seconds, a difficult shot, a mid-range jumper in a stadium that's seating 70,000 people. It is nothing but net. It was so incredible. CJ and I screamed so loud that Conrad got scared. And I haven't even watched <laughs> the game. It was such a beautiful day out here. We were like outside. And I go, we got to get an outdoor TV because I got to be able to watch all my sports stuff. Yes. Um, and and so that was the early game. And then the second game, Miami Yukon, our guy, Jim Beheim slash Jim Laranega, um, who is is a legend, brought George Mason to the final four and now mm-hmm. brought Miami. It, they just the game fell over when it started. Like UConn jumped out to they were just hitting threes after threes. The one exciting thing for me is that I learned that uh, the Hurricanes starting point guard went to my high school. And I'm telling you, this goes back to my point about Matt Painter, who I've always given a lot of credit for being a great recruiter. Indiana is probably one of the best states. I'm going to say top three states to recruit college basketball players from. So if you're not able to recruit well in Indiana, so I'm just taking one of those notches away from him. But I was so excited. I like when they said he was from Indianapolis, I go, I got to go. I got to go look. And then he was from my high school. I'm like, yes. Um, does he celebrate Megan Gailey Day? I got I'll send him something. I'll send yes, him. You're um, gonna have to send him something I'll for send that. Him a photo um, of me. So the uh, the rub it is set. Our, we have our championship game. Uh, it is San Diego State against UConn. I am I'm taking UConn here. This yeah. is a UConn team that has been on a journey throughout the season. At one point, they were ranked first in the AP poll. They've obviously had their struggles, um, clicking at the right time. That's what March is all about. I. I think that UConn wins this, but San Diego state, a very good defensive team. Um, Mm -hmm. I had the under in their game, which didn't hit, but the under has hit like at a 60% clip in all of their games. Um, So they're going to make it hard on UConn to score the ball. And um, if UConn can hit threes though, I don't, I don't think it's going to really matter. 
Well, and I remember seeing, and I think this is when San Diego State won to go to the Elite Eight. There was like a look inside their locker room when they were celebrating and you could see the whiteboard and it said rebounding and defense wins championship. And it was circled and, and they really stuck to that. They out rebounded FAU. They play really great defense and and we've gotten to know some of the guys. I do think the coach looks like my, one of my uncles, which really ends mm. up being a lot of basketball coaches. See, Diego's <laughs> like your dad's friend. It's <laughs> like it definitely, they definitely have the same hair. Um, so they've been exciting to watch. I, I, I'm with you. I think UConn probably has this one. They just, they looked so dominant in, in this tournament that's been really kind of topsy-turvy confusing. Um, elsewhere in basketball, the NBA and the NBA PA reached a bargaining agreement. And I think this is huge and mm-hmm. something needed to happen. As much as we love women's college basketball, the fact that women's college basketball outrated the NBA shows you that uh, the NBA has a big problem on its hands mm-hmm. and their superstars are not playing. Their superstars are sitting out of games. You have a child who wants to see Steph Curry play and Steph Curry comes to Indianapolis and Steph Curry decides to sit out the game. Um, they have this issue where they're resting too much and mm-hmm. it is not good for growing the game. Um but they stepped in and now players need to play at least 65 games to win an award. I think some of the players may say, that's fine. I don't care. I don't need the award. And this is where we need the leaders of the NBA, the LeBron Jameses, the Steph Currys, the Kevin Durant, all of these players to step up and show that these war- awards are important for the history of the game. They're important for the league and players do need to be playing more. Well, the reality, too, is the awards are not just in name. They also have attached to them massive contract payouts that are built into all of these guys deals. So it's like if if LeBron or if Giannis is to win the MVP, he's getting probably a five million dollar pay bump. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're talking seven figures here that they're taking home in, in some instances, eight figures. So it's not just a little plaque that goes on their wall. There's bragging rights <laughs> and there's like entire mansions they can buy. Um, we are inching ever closer to the NBA playoffs and things are getting very, very exciting. And maybe that's because I am in a house of a Lakers fan, but the Lakers are, are like, Surging seems not to be the word, but really having a impressive win streak at the correct time. All of this said, I am living with a crazy person um, who is saying, well, if the Lakers had had this roster, they'd be number one. I go, but that's not real, honey. We can't live in that reality, okay? Um, so here's an update of where we stand as we're now, I think, a week away. Um, so in the West, we have the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, congrats to them, one of Megan's 75 teams, the mm-hmm. Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, and then in the play-in as of right now, Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder. The Clippers and the Lakers play on Wednesday night here in Los Angeles. That game has a ton of implications to it now because... Really, I mean, you're you're looking at play-in or not being in the play-in for the Lakers in a positive way, not on the outside looking out, not on the outside looking in. 
Um, I'm, I'm actually always on the outside looking out. I'm on the outside and then I go, I wonder what's happening where the losers are. Uh, in the East, we have the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavs, Knicks, Nets. And then our plan looks like Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and your Chicago Bulls. Um, my Indiana Pacers have officially been eliminated. And there's a lot of talk now about my guy, Paolo Bancario, if he's going to win the rookie of the year. I obviously am team Paolo. I think that he should, but there are people who say that he didn't do enough this season. I am very excited for the playoffs. I told you all last week on Megan Fun of Sports that um, my California team for the playoffs is the Sacramento the Kings. Kings. That's going to mm-hmm. be my West team. I know they're going to have an early departure, but I am behind the Kings. I also, by marriage, have to root for the Celtics, but I love this Bucks team as well. Love them. Oh yeah. I, um, we're, also, oh, go ahead. We're a Bucks house, and then yeah, whatever the Lakers do. Um, millions of in my that, marriage um, with. in that bargaining agreement that I talked about before, there were a couple other um, little notes that were added. Uh, the All NBA team will be positionless, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Yes. Uh, the old timers will not agree with me, but that's fine. There will be an in-season tournament, eight teams, single elimination, most likely held in Vegas, counts towards the standing, and there will be a $500,000 per player reward. This is great because one of the issues... This. Can you explain but I think this, this is, <laughs> So what is good about this, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. um, the NBA season is too long. The players are even saying it's too long. They're sitting out for half of the game. I, but that's what I wish. I wish they had addressed that. I wish they'd so, taken the game count down as well. Um, what I think about this midseason tournament is it makes the season more intriguing, um, especially if there are stakes to this midseason tournament, an automatic bid to the playoffs or something like that. It um, will make those earlier games where we're all still in football mode and we're saying, no, 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 we're not ready for basketball. It will make us turn at least one eye to the screen to watch the NBA game. We are in this time now where a lot of people um, – we obviously we we just March Madness ends tonight. Um, we finish football's over. Hockey playoffs are on the horizon. NBA playoffs are on the horizons. We have the Masters this weekend and everybody's just saying, let me know when the playoffs start. And that's not a good thing for the game, because to your mm-hmm. point, Megan, it's crunch time. The Lakers are putting something together. These finishes, this push to the playoffs is important, but the fans don't really care because the season's been so watered down because it's too long. I think mm-hmm. this tournament will help. It will keep fans engaged. Um, and it is just a step towards fixing the NBA, which before we always talked about fixing Major League Baseball, it seems like Major League Baseball is on a, a cool throne right now. NBA is on the hot seat. And how are they going to pick the eight teams? It's basically like the playoffs. It is standings based. So they're going to pick the top eight teams. And I believe the winner of this tournament has an automatic playoff spot. And what I want, I want the bottom eight teams. Okay. No, I want want the losers. Yes. I want to see the Pacers play. (laughs) I want to see the Pacers play in games that matter more. So it's like, we're already going to see the top eight teams in the playoffs like let's get some duds hooping that's just that's just my own selfish it's also important to note that um this mid-season tournament it counts towards the regular season standings but this could be this could be great for the game you have a team like the Celtics last year who had the worst first half of the season 
that we've seen in um, mm-hmm. probably Celtics history. I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Don't fact check me on that. But then they turned their season around at the all-star break, made a push, made it to the NBA finals. So um, I think teams like that, you look back and you say, where were they at the mid season point? Then they were in the playoffs, these eight teams. Um, it will, it will help grow the game. Well, and basketball loves tournaments. You hear men talk about all of their AAU times when they got to go It's also the eat. perfect game for a tournament, right? Because if it's single elimination, this is why we yeah. like March Madness. Anybody yeah. can beat anybody. When it I is know. a series, the best team typically wins. But I'm, when it's single elimination, it's fun. I'm just skeptical when I see it's going to be held in Vegas, where I go, is this good for the game or is this a money grab? That's it. Okay, sorry. Um, We do have a new Hall of Fame class. I mean, this is a list of legends. Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, and the GOAT, Becky Hammond. I mean, that's like, this is a dinner of who do you want? Like, this is a lineup of who do you want to have dinner with dead or alive? They're all alive, thank God. Um, But that's a great class to be a part of. Totally. I'm very excited to um, hear hear the speeches. I love D-Wade. D-Wade, Chicago guy. Um, congratulations to all of the inductees. Um, there's not a ton of NFL news happening, and maybe that's because we've been ignoring it. It's like happening. It's just not that exciting. I guess the biggest headline is Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers still have yet to permanently land anywhere. Now, I the thing is... Everyone was like, oh, no, but Rodgers is with the Jets. He's actually being very, very reasonable. If that was the case, wouldn't the deal be done by now? I think the longer it takes for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and the Packers to come to a deal, uh, the less likely it seems to happen. I think the Packers are ready to trade Rodgers away. They're ready to say sayonara. We have our other guy. Things didn't work out. We know we're we're going to have to. uh have to bite the bullet on some things. The Jets know they're going to have to give up what whatever they're going to have to give up to get Rodgers. And I think they've already said we're willing to do that. So what is taking so long? I personally think it is Aaron Rodgers that is slowing down this process. And yes. the longer we wait, the less likely it is going to be to happen. I agree. Um, now, I keep thinking about Lamar because he's still not on a team. And as a fan of one of the teams where he has been rumored to going. I want to know if the Colts end up not signing him. I want to know why I would like a detailed list of what happened because the closer I get to this draft, the less I want any of these quarterbacks are going to be left at number four that I'm like, I want the Colts to get this deal done. Reggie Wayne tweeted last week. He goes, people got to stop reaching out to me about Lamar. I can't get the Colts to do anything. I can't even get my own children to do anything. But I'm like, there's information that we're not getting. And that's fine. I'm not even saying you got to give me all the tea. But at this point, I need an update. What the hell? Did we get the Lamar interview yet? I know. So Lamar represents himself. Can you get get an agent, please, Lamar? I I just think that it's best for you. And um, all parties involved if you get an agent. But I know there was supposed to be an interview coming out on Lamar Jackson's YouTube channel where Lamar was actually interviewing himself, which I would I would love to <laughs> I see. Love this. I would love to see the camera angles on it. Um, did that come out? I haven't I haven't seen it yet. He's he's like, like inadvertently really funny. I, I like Megan, we have agents. 
you have to pay them a lot. And I think Lamar's like, I don't want to pay someone to do this. So like, do I think it's holding up his contract negotiations? Yes. But as a performer who does pay my agents sometimes money that they don't deserve, I'm also like, good for you, Lamar. Yeah. uh, It's hard to hear you talk about Lamar um, on the Colts because I actually really would like Lamar on the Patriots. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen either. Just somewhere. It's like he's going to have to play somewhere. And I don't know. You hear these rumors of like, oh, he he doesn't train. He's not. And and I like said that to CJ last night and he goes, maybe he doesn't need to because he was an MVP and he's really good. So it's like I, the, the secret's in the sauce. The sauce is working. He's got to <laughs> get all of Baltimore at this point. I think I said this last week, but I every week that goes by, I think the relationship is getting worse and worse and worse. And I argue it's unfixable. So Lamar, get on Get on another team. And why Indian- hasn't anybody signed him? Indianapolis, maybe? Maybe if, he, ooh, he should come to the Indy 500. No, that's actually wait. He's going to see 500,000 white people and go, absolutely not. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with <gasps> baseball's opening week and our master's menu, what we would choose to eat. Okay, we are back. Megan, I loved all the photos you were posting of, oh, of your you. of your white socks love. I have I have been to one opening day game and it was a white socks game. Uh it was like 37 degrees. You know, those early Chicago games are whew, brutal. Um, how are how are you feeling about the White Sox and just Major League Baseball as a whole? Well, I'm so glad that you said you loved the pictures. Those are some of my favorite childhood memories. Um, I think Comiskey, which has now yes. changed its name 500 times, it's not is guaranteed s- rate field. Sure. Um, yeah. It was U.S. Cellular at one the point. Cell. But they, the cell one had of the, like a fun ring. It did. Uh, one of the fun things that they do is, and you would never find this at Wrigley Field, just mm-hmm. telling you Cub fans right now, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. every Sunday now is family day. Once a month was kids day. The kids get into the ballpark early. They can get autographs from their favorite players. And at the end of the game, kids can run the bases. I and this. we did this uh, multiple times a season, my sister and I, and we would, you know, map out, you're going to go get Frank Thomas. I'm going to go get Paul Canerco. I'm going to get Joe Creedy. You're going to get, um, whoever I was always in AJ line for Magliora oh, I love AJ Pruszynski. I was always in line for Magliora Donius's autograph, but a great day. Um, baseball truly was my childhood favorite sport. I think many nineties kids would agree with me on that. And as I was sharing the pictures, I was tagging the White Sox and there was a little inkling in my head that said, hopefully the White Sox see this and maybe someone will reach out and maybe I can eventually accomplish I have my dream. Up. I got it. Of I got to tossing out my the first pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a message from somebody from the White Sox asking for my email address. So the ball is um, the, the ball is rolling on this. We are in motion and I will keep you all updated okay, because great. we're going to have a huge party at Comiskey or Guaranteed Rate Field or U.S. Cellular, whatever you want to call it. We are going to have a party on the south side for when this happens. And my White Sox, they look okay. They opened the season on ESPN um, against the defending World Series champions, the Houston Astros. Boo! Everybody hates the Astros, which is great because that means everybody is a White Sox fan. They won opening day, lost the second game, and then yesterday um, had a 
fantastic win against the Astros. Luis Robert made SportsCenter top 10. I am very optimistic about this season for the White Sox, which gives me great pause. Mm -hmm. Um, They need a closer because Liam Hendricks is unfortunately dealing with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and going through treatment with that. But things are trending upwards for Liam Hendricks. I hope we see him back at some point this season, not only for the sake of White Sox fans and Liam Hendricks' career, but also just for his health as well. I'm uh, absolutely I'm 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 feeling good. I'm feeling really good about this year with the White Sox. It was so difficult because Megan the Stallion, who's from Houston, threw out the first pitch on opening day for the Astros, and she looked so incredible that I kept wanting to share it, but I was like, I can't because I hate the Astros. And I probably will forever um even though the little shorty guy is hurt but it really i was like wow she looks great i w- there are astros fans i like it's really brutal um so for my dodgers the biggest story that's come out so far is that i'm sure you guys saw this video there was a dodgers fan who ran onto the field um almost in a way that i thought it was sanctioned because he seemed so confident and he didn't look like a crazy person you know usually when someone runs out there they're like penises out their butts out they they're hammered drunk yes they're like falling over and this just looked like an upstanding like guidance counselor so he ran out he gets down on one knee and i'm like oh my god he's proposing in the outfield this is like fever pitch this is incredible then security tackled him like the spirit of Aaron Donald came in them. It was so aggressive. They tackled this man so hard. And I said, no, that is not the vibe. He was wearing a Mookie Betts jersey. He's not going to hurt anybody. He's there to propose. And I know it's like you go on the field, you're going to get tackled. Okay. But like, can't you guys just like swarm him? He's clearly a threat to no one. Listen, we do have rules, and one of the rules is that you can't go on the field, whether you're going on the field for good or for bad. You can't do it on the field. I like proposing at a sporting event, just don't. I see, and I'm sad that I was not proposed to at a sporting event. You wanted to be on the Jumbotron? Yeah. Oh my God. I would have loved it. I would have been like, "Mm -hmm." I mean, I did get and I did get engaged in front of a mural of Reggie Miller. So it was like as close to a sporting event without there being I love attention and I love sports. Why wouldn't I want to be on the Jumbotron? Um, but I am going to my first game of the season, April 14th. They're playing the Cubs. And it is also the first Friday that they will be doing fireworks. The first fireworks of the season. CJ got me tickets for Valentine's Day. And I'm so excited. I think the shorter games is good. As Eddie mentioned, I think the bigger bases are good. I think all of these changes are are the correct ones. I'm really looking forward to uh, Fernando Tatis to come back. Uh, he's still serving his suspension. And Shohei Otani was incredible on opening day. I think uh, struck out 10 batters, like was hitless. And then the angels still lose that. It's like, we gotta, it's in baseball's best interest to get him out of Anaheim at this point, Mike Trout, you're stuck there. I'm so sorry. There's nothing we can do for you, but we got to get Otani on a playoff team, not even a contender, but he's got to be able to play in the playoffs. 
Or we just um, hype up the angels a little bit more. I mean, I gave, I talked to everybody about how great Anaheim is. You love mm-hmm. Anaheim. I mean, can, can we get people in Los Angeles to make the drive to Anaheim? To yes, because there is a Portillo's there um, and Disneyland, obviously. So there's reasons to go, but I just don't know if it's enough because that owner who's like going to sell, then not going to sell. He seems, you know, he's got Dan Snyder vibes, not, not in the um, predatory way, but it, it's like uh, he's got to sell the team and they just need to give Otani whatever he wants. Okay. So we will obviously be following baseball and, and the emotional roller coaster that Megan's white socks will have. her. And my last little pin real quick seeing I, I was very upset that the white socks just got rid of Jose Abreu and he is now with the Houston Astros. If they're going to get rid of him, they should have done it at the trade deadline last year. So at least they could get something for him. Jose Abreu means so much to me. I have a Jose Abreu um, rookie of the year um, MVP blanket. I have, it's just a giant cutout of Jose Abreu sponsored by beggars pizza, which if you're from Chicago, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to mentally prepare myself to see Jose Abreu in an Astros jersey. And I, there's nothing I could do. I just, it hurts. It really does hurt to see him in that jersey and knowing that the White Sox got nothing for him. Just nothing. They let him walk. One of the best players, one of the best hitters in the game right now. And he's just gone. So I am, I am sad about that. Um, I'm sad for Mets fans because Justin Verlander is on the injured list for the Mets. Uh, He was supposed to play this weekend. He was supposed to start and he's obviously dealing with an injury. The Mets, they were in the news earlier this year for the world baseball classic and the celebration injury that was sustained. So it's a tough time for Mets fans. It is a when long is it season, not, though. Like it's like they live in. You were talking about the Jets fans earlier, and it's like Jets and Mets usually go together, and they really. I am. I have a Mets fan in my life who I love dearly. I am going to be needing to do wellness checks on him. I, I think, think they're going to be fine. Yeah, they got to send out Verlander's wife just to do like some moral support. Just have her do like some jumping jacks. Um, definitely Uh, we need a video of her the same way that we had a video of what was it Mike Zimmer's girlfriend when she was doing who was the girlfriend it was uh, Jared Goff's Jared Goff's she was shooting a a Sports Illustrated spread oh boy okay let's switch from ladies doing jumping jacks to another favorite topic of ours food that's right the Masters is this weekend which means the Masters Dinner is coming up. Now, last year's winner, Scotty Scheffler, gets to pick the champion's dinner per tradition. And Megan, when we saw his menu come out, I think I immediately sent it to you because I was like, this is so top notch that I I struggled to even find a weak point. So this is Scotty Scheffler's menu. Cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. Now, what do you think think that is? I'm thinking... (laughs) I'm thinking that means ketchup and pickles. I was going to say there has to be pickles on this because <laughs> if there are not pickles, I, I don't want it. Um, keep the tomato off. Please keep the tomato off and okay. maybe um, throw a little a little mustard on there. Oh, yeah. I love mustard. Mustard, ketchup, pickles. Um, okay. So cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp. Now, I think those are the shrimp that are fried and then tossed in like a spicy mayo. Mm-hmm. At, um, I've heard them called bang bang shrimp. <laughs> I, just, I love this kind of shrimp. Tortilla soup. I mean, Scotty, 
Tortilla soup is so underrated and so delicious. And for him to choose a soup, I just, I love this man. And then he goes into, we're talking main course here, Texas ribeye steak. Wow. Or blackened redfish. Double wow. We're talking surf and turf. And then he's rounding it all up with a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. And along with the Texas ribeye steak or black and redfish, which I love that he gave people options. Not everybody is a red meat person. Um, it is going to have family style mac and cheese, jalapeno, creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned French fries. This is a perfect menu. It's perfect. I think what it does really well is it mixes um classy High and low. Yes. with all of the foods that we really do love because I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much caviar you eat. We all love a good mac and cheese, right? Oh, yes. Nothing better. And if it's with a ribeye, you go, this is high end. Every steak restaurant has mac and cheese. Like we, uh, and I'm, I'm from the school of thought. I want mac and cheese at Thanksgiving. And I know some people are like, no. And I'm like, no, mac and cheese belongs at everything. That's just the just reality. Keep the truffle out of it. The truffle, um, not a truffle mac girl. The truffle kind of does weird things to my stomach. I don't <laughs> like that. Just give me the mac. It's a very strong smell. Okay. So Megan, in honor of this truly perfect menu. I think we're going to have a hard time topping it. I would love to hear your master's championship dinner. Okay. So we are going to start with the little hors d'oeuvres. Um, mm-hmm. And Scotty at this point has cheeseburger sliders and firecracker shrimp. I am going with mini lobster rolls. Now we had mini oh. lobster rolls as the hors d'oeuvres at my wedding and people to this day still talk about them. Um, mm-hmm. One of my husband's cousin, famously ate 17 of them what? before our wedding. 17? Yeah, I think it was 17 mini lobster rolls before our, our dinner <laughs> was even served. Now we did have the bar open during the ceremony. Perhaps that contributed to the yeah. fact that um, this young man decided to eat 17, but I think the lobster rolls are a excellent choice. And then um, to kind of balance things out, I know not everybody is a seafood person, um, but I am going to go with pigs in a blanket. So mm. we'll have the hot dogs for mm. that. And then also a giant cheese plate on the side where obviously mm. they're going to be artisanal meats and cheeses with mm. an emphasis on the blue cheese because I am a blue cheese defender. Me too. Um, Love blue cheese. People who don't like blue cheese, uh, I have two words for you. Grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the soup, I'm going to pick a soup instead of a salad. And we are going to get now this menu is like way out there. Nothing yeah. goes together here. But um, I like French onion soup. Mm. I like the baked cheese on the top. I know it's uh, it's not practical especially for an event like this. Uh, no one really knows how to eat it the right way, but I'm going to go with it. I, th- I think it's hard to make in um, mass quantities like this too. Like I'm a top chef viewer. So it's like, so if, if you told a chef they needed to make 200 French onion soups, I think they're a little panicked. Oh, <laughs> Cause you got to melt all that no cheese. Question. No question. Um, so maybe we go salad, but I do, I want to incorporate the French onion soup in any way that I possibly can. Um, I'm going, uh, I'm not a huge red meat girl. I know that's a, that's a 
flaw on me. I don't love steak the way Mm -hmm. that most people do love steak. So I'm going to go with a salmon dish. Um, We're going to have a salmon with um, a little, maybe a gnocchi pasta with a little feta cheese in there. And we're going to have the sliced up vegetables in there, a nice little vinaigrette. That's what we're we're doing there. I am not a cake person. So I love that Scotty finishes this meal Mm -hmm. with the skillet cookie, but I'm going ice cream sandwiches. Okay. All right. And it's going to be the cookie ice cream sandwiches. We're not doing like generic there. We're going to have chocolate chip cookies, homemade ice cream in the middle. Okay. Ooh, any sides you'd like to throw in? Mm, I mean, we're obviously going to have bread at the table. You have to, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have, we're going to have that, but uh, no, I think, I think that rounds it out. Okay. My Oof, gosh, I wish I'd been able to spend um, more time on this, but this is, this is where my heart is as of right now. So I believe my starter is going to be a classic St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail because that's a little like homage to my hometown. So it's a shrimp cocktail with the cocktail sauce has a lot of horseradish in it. And it just mm. like says Indianapolis to me. Then I would like there to be a trio of dips. We are talking guacamole, salsa, Mm. and queso fundido. That is the queso with the chorizo in it. I, chips and salsa, chips and guac, chips and queso. It's like, to me, yeah, bring it, bring it to the last supper. Bring it to my final meal as I'm facing Mm. execution. Like, I just love it so much. And when the queso fundido comes with like warm tortillas, and you basically make like your own little tiny burrito. I love it so much. Um, the only thing is I eat way too many chips. Of course. Before the meal comes. Of course. Or I recently, too many. I recently saw a TikTok that was like, remember four chips is one tortilla. And I go, I don't want to remember that. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. You're ruining my day. Okay. Then I am going to a wedge salad. Oh, a, a classic wedge salad at like a steakhouse. CJ and I, we love that. You split them. They're so delicious with some eggs, some bacon, some blue cheese, dressing, blue cheese, crumbles, tomatoes. And then for my main course, I think I'm going to do a classic filet. And then you can have your choice of a lobster tail. I'm not a full lobster girl. No, I like too a, messy. Too I like messy. a tail. And you, you know what? You can take it out of there for me. I actually don't need to do any of the work. That's why I'm against Alaskan King Crab Law Clause. It's like, I don't have time for all this. So filet mignon with a lobster tail, or I love like a um, sea bass, just like a delicious miso sea bass. It's so delicious mm, to I me. I love so miso. If you're, Yes. If you're not, a, if you're not a red meat, we've got the lobster and the sea bass for you. For my sides, I think Scotty really nailed it with the sides. The only way I'm going to change it up, I'm going to do the mac and cheese. I want there to be a baked potato with all of the fixing. So you can put on whatever you want. And then not a baked probably, potato girl. And then probably a Brussels sprout. I really do love mm. the Brussels sprout movement. And then to wind, to wind down um, definitely some red wine and then a delicious chocolate souffle. So one of those like chocolate lava cakes where you cut into it and it oozes out all the mode, big scoop of ice cream, lots of whipped cream. And, and that is my master's meal. I think we both did a great job. Um, I don't know if anybody can ever top Scotty's, but, no. um, it was good. I, I also would like Maybe to consider adding sushi to um yes to uh, the hors d'oeuvres. Ooh, uh, oh yes, uh, okay. Love, I love the pass arounds. Okay, so with my shrimp cocktail, yes, I'm gonna add a crispy rice and spicy tuna. 
Mm. Unfortunately, my husband is not going to be able to eat any of the hors d'oeuvres, um, but I do think he's going to load up on the on the dips and the wedge salad and and the mac and cheese and baked potatoes. So I have thought about CJ in this. Well, I, I'm really glad um, we got to have this conversation. And I think our listeners will be hoping that we win the Masters so that they can enjoy our fantastic meals. I think it's the most important conversation we've had all episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have come to the end of our show. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Please uh, make sure that you subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and we are so excited for the NCAA championship this game. We are both on UConn. Please enjoy baseball this week. Um, the NBA push to the playoffs and the Masters. I'm on Rory. I hope that you are too. And I know what Megan is looking forward to more than anything else about the Masters is the tan line. So we will have a full <laughs> recap for you on all things Masters and all things tan lines next week. But for now, that will do it for another episode of Megan Fun of Sports. We will see you all next week. Go get some rest, Megan. Bye.